Let's praise the Lord. Let's give him a good hand clap of praise.
was spellbound by that song, and I thought they were going to sing another one. And I thought, that is the whole sermon. You can't, they didn't leave anything out of the birth, the crucifixion, the resurrection. They just sang us a sermon. Thank you, choir, for the word of God. Thank you. That was beautiful. He's here. Don't you know it? He's here. Look at somebody and say, he's here. He is here today. Thank you, Lord. Welcome. We want to welcome you to Stratford Heights this morning. You've come to worship with us. You are the people that God is looking for because the Bible says he searches for those that are pure in heart. He wants true worshipers. So you've come to, how many of you came to worship the Lord today? Oh, you're the ones he's been looking for all week to come to his house to worship him. And he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Let me just make uh, two or three real quick announcements here. Uh, we are having a beautiful Christmas pr presentation. And this is just a taste of what's going to be. And there are our Christmas. See, I knew I could wake you up. <laughs> Easter, it's going to be, well, it tells about the Christmas, the birth, too. They just sang it. <laughs> okay. So there are, what I wanted to tell you, when you take your bulletin, these are such beautiful bulletins, and they have the announcement in it about the Easter message and the, the times and so forth. And if you take that and give it to a friend, or there's beautiful cards, little business cards that are made up with the announcement on it, Take those. You might be able to reach hundreds of people and get them here to hear this story of Jesus and his coming and he's going to return again. So everything that we do is, is designed to help us to get people in to hear the message of this wonderful Easter time. It is wonderful to know a risen Savior. He's not dead. Jesus is alive. He's alive forevermore. And he wants us to share that message with the whole world that he lives and he lives to make intercession for us. Just a couple of things. If you're reading your Bible through, and I know a lot of you are, you should be in Ruth, the fourth chapter, and you'll be up to date. If you're behind, just read extra today and get caught up because God wants us to be in his word. We hear it sung and preached, but when we're out without the church around us, we want to please the Lord and keep our hearts and minds set on him. So please remember that and um, then uh, work, work toward reaching your loved ones and friends for this Easter program. It will be worth it to win souls and get people here. The whole purpose for their doing this is to get the message of the Easter story out. And they, they pray all the time, Lord, when people come, we want the Holy Spirit to deal with their hearts. And you know, people come and they're not saved and they don't have any idea how much the Holy Spirit's going to touch their hearts. But that's the wonderful plan of God. So we want you to be workers and help us to reach out at this Easter time especially. Now we want to greet all of you that are here. If you're new and this is your first time, you are so special. We thank you for coming today. We honor you. And when service is over today, all the new people that have just been coming a short time. We are greeting you. Have a meet and greet in the back of the auditorium here in the conference room. Just go through that first set of double doors after immediately following the service today. We want to greet you and get acquainted. You get to shake hands. The pastor will be there. That's our great guest is the pastor. He's going to be in there. He's wonderful, isn't he? <laughs> he is. 
he comes in here. He comes in here looking so good. He he always looks so neat, and he's a good looking, and he's smart, and he has all the talent that we need in a pastor, and he has love in his heart for us. So we want to hear him preach today. And we're here, and he wants to meet all of you new people when the service is over today. Don't you, Pastor? All the new people. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I want you to get out, shake hands, and greet, greet one another as you uh, are standing around people. And tell them who you are. Tell them your name. Yeah. 
up a lot It cost a lot Paid my way Death its prize And when it pulled on Down from the cross My sins were gone My sins were gone you tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life but in three days he breathed again
He tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life. But in three days, he breathed again and rose to death in my pain. So I know to tell you he's alive. To tell you to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that washes all of my sin away. I don't know about you, but the old song says when he reached down his hand for me, he had to reach way down. How many of you, he really saved you? He pulled you up out of the mire and the clay. The power of the blood of Jesus. You know, the world will tell you these days, there are no absolutes. I mean, it's worse than it's ever been. You don't know what, what to stand on according to the world standards. You don't know what bathroom to go to. You're not sure what you're supposed to do anymore. What is marriage? We don't know, not according to the world. Can I tell you something this morning? There is still an absolute and truth is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And his truth is that gospel truth that sets us free. We know who we are. How many sons and daughters belong to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? We love him. You hold in your hand the elements of communion this morning. I want to take you back. I want to take you back to when Paul wrote about this night. The same night that Jesus was betrayed. It says that, Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, As often as you eat this, take and eat this. This is my body that's broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, and he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He said, For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. How many of you know the Lord is coming soon? I said the Lord is coming soon. I mean, that ought to almost been about 30 minutes where I had to calm you down. He's on his way. Let me just assure you, he didn't come 
at the early awakening. They thought he was coming dead. They thought he was coming way back in the tent revivals in the 30s and 40s and 50s. They thought that he was coming at the, at the big 1995 awakening at, at Brownsville. There have been many, many times, clear back, as far back as we can, even back to the upper room, when they've been looking for the coming of the Lord. But let me tell you what I do know. I do know that he's closer now than he's ever been. This is a time has never been. We're closer now than they were back in the old sawdust revivals. We're closer now than they have ever been. And you and I are soon to hear a trumpet sound. Can you almost hear it this morning? I can almost hear a trumpet. Jesus is coming soon. This ain't no time to dilly-dally. Turn to somebody and say, don't dilly-dally. This ain't no time for you to get lazy. And it sure ain't no time for you to get your eyes on other people. Can I get it? Amen. This is a time when we're to keep our eyes on that eastern sky because the Bible says he's coming on a cloud and when he comes and the sound of that archangel and the trump of God when that sounds the dead and Christ will rise first then we which are alive and remain hello how many are alive and remain this morning then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord and verse 18 says comfort one another with these words so just receive that comfort this morning Jesus is coming soon but in the meantime until he comes we will remember that it's not religion it's not doctrine it's not people it's not preachers teachers or church it's Jesus it's Jesus and because of the sacrifice that he made for us you and I have salvation and we are as good as already there. How many are already as good as on gold? Man, I'm, I'm, I claim that. I know he's coming soon. It says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the, this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and then so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. When Jesus set this beautiful sacrament in motion, he didn't want you and I to ever take it casually. He didn't want you and I to ever take it unworthily. What, what's unworthily mean? It means that we would not have the experience and understand the blood sacrifice and the body that was given for our sins. Redemption of sins. How many of you are ha thankful for redemption that comes through the cross? That truth is what we remember this morning. You can't do it on your own. You can't be good enough. You can't be powerful enough. You'll never be holy enough outside of the cross of Jesus Christ. So as we take just a moment this morning, I want you, don't look at the person standing on your left and right. This is for you. I want you to examine your own heart and remember where your strength, where your salvation, where the mercy and the grace came from. And I want you to get ready in your heart to prepare yourself to experience communion. Would you do that right now? Lord, we prepare our hearts. We ask for your cleansing and washing. Forgiveness if we need it, God. We ask you to touch our hearts as we prepare to go back to the night with your upper, in the upper room with your disciples when you, Lord, shared a sacrament with them that we now celebrate over 2,000 years later. We come together. And when he had given thanks, he took the bread 
and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Lord, we thank you for the body. We thank you for leaving the portals of glory, leaving the throne of God where you were worshipped like you are worthy of. Coming to this earth, living a sinless, spotless life to become the Lamb of God, sacrificed for our sins. Thank you for taking the beating for us. Thank you, Lord, for taking all of the punishment of our sins upon your back. Thank you for healing. Thank you for redemption. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then they took the cup. So this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And they drank. Hallelujah. We thank you for remission of our sins. We thank you that though our sins be as scarlet, they are white as snow through the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for that beautiful sacrifice. We honor you this morning. Would you lift up your hands now in honor to Jesus? Bless him, praise him, and thank him for the blood sacrifice. We honor you today. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Oh, it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No, oh, the vows I know. Nothing but the blood, nothing, nothing but the blood, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I wonder if we could clap our hands and give God praise. Praise the Lord. I could, I could do that all day long, just, just worship the Lord. As you remain or able to remain standing today, we wanted to pray. In that same flow, we know that Jesus died to save us from our sins. The Bible says he bore the stripes that we may be healed. And today we're going to pray a double-edged a double prayer this morning. We're going to pray for needs, and we're going to pray over the nation of Israel this morning. And so if you have a need, just in faith and just recognizing our weakness. My dad used to say, he prayed this all the time, Lord, help us to recognize our weakness and need of your strength. Just recognize our weakness and need of his strength. If you have a need this morning, would you just lift your hand right there to the Lord, right there all around you. There are people that, that are in need and have a prayer need. If you can, if you will, pastor asked this in the first service and we feel led to do this again. If you feel comfortable doing that, can you gently maybe just make a connection with the person that's next to, next to you and just pray with them. Pray for them. Let them pray for you and pray over these needs.
needs as we pray and we give these things to the Lord. I believe that he's the God, our healer. I believe that he's God, our provider. I believe that he's God who is present here now. And we give these things to him in worship. We give these things to him in prayer and faith. God, we love you. We worship you. And God, we ask you today. God, we turn this place, God, into a house of prayer. God, we turn this place into a, a place of worship, God, a place where we are seeking your face, God, where we are seeking, God, your truth, where we're seeking your heart, where we're seeking your way and your will. And God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you'd walk these aisles, God, that you would do what only you can do, God, that broken bones, God, would come back together, God, minds and hearts that are broken, God, you would bring back to healing, God, I pray that there would be relationships, and God, I pray there would be provision, God, that would be made, God, on your hand, and because of your work today, God, you're the God of miracles, and God, we look to you in faith. <laughs> We look to you in trust, God. We look to you in complete surrender and obedience to you, God. Not our ways, but your ways. God, not our will, but yours. And God, we submit and we surrender and we give this to you, Father. The Bible says to give our petitions to you. And God, right now we give them. We hand them to you in faith. God, you're God. You're God. You're God and you're able. And God, we pray now and we come to you, God, on behalf of the nation of Israel. So many years ago, Lord, you spoke to Abraham and God, you revealed to him, God, your will. And God, I pray that you would touch and move in this last day, in this last hour. God, I pray your hand that's firmly on Israel. God, I pray that the world might see, God, that you're God. The world might see that you're able. The world might see who God is and who truly God is. And Father, I pray that you would give their leaders uh, wisdom and insight. And God, like always, Lord, your angels, God, would attend unto that nation and those people and God we support them God let it ever be in our heart to bless them God because we want to be blessed God not by the world but we want to be blessed by you and God we stand with them today we pray over them and we intercede on their behalf today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus amen amen you can be seated this, this morning our ushers are coming to serve you this morning this is your opportunity. How many of you know that during the offering time that we don't take offerings here, that we come to give our offering? How many of you know that? It's just as much a part of our worship as any other time. So when we come together to worship God and our gifts, I want to open my heart to you for just a moment. I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now. It's some news that Richard just told me, but I serve, as you know, on our state council and, and we have 251 churches of God in Ohio, and uh, I'm privileged to work with the administrative bishop in a council that, that runs kind of the ministries and helps to guide and direct the, the mission for Ohio Church of God. We were in our meeting last week, and, and we spent a couple of days in Columbus. And while we were there, our bishop started talking and sharing in his heart about a mission to our to our local, a local mission to our kids at youth camp. And as he began to share, my heart began to be burdened for all of the kids that come to Southern Ohio youth camp. We have a youth camp, if you don't know it, it's over outside of Lebanon in Morrow. It's a Church of God campground. We've had that for many years. And over the years, cabins have been run down and, and we don't pay a whole lot of attention. It's come to our attention that they're going to have to close sections of the camp. 
And I just, something got down inside my heart and I said, no, I, no. We had, there were over 600 kids came to Jesus Christ last year during youth camp. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our church alone, we, spent, we send more campers, more workers and leaders than any other church in Ohio. God has blessed us with people who love youth camp. We send all these kids. We send, man, we send them by the van loads and the bus loads. And they love going to youth camp. Many of our youth leaders work, and some are veterans. They've, they've worked camp for years. I personally worked for 18 years in our Southern Ohio youth camp and loved every minute of it. I just sat there, and I sat there, and as I kept listening, and they were talking about and the bishop said, well, let's try to come up with some ideas for how we can raise funds to help with the youth camp. And I started thinking, and everybody was throwing out, well, let's do a run. Let's do this activity or that event. Or let's, you know, get sponsors for $10 and $15, $20. And they're all just going, saying all these things. And all of a sudden, it dropped down in my heart. And I said, well, why don't we just treat it like it's a mission work? I said, why don't we go back to our churches and ask our people to just sacrifice and give? And do what we can do. I did something that I thought, you know, oh, Lord, this better be you. I mean, it dropped down in my heart, and I was just ready. And I just thought, I'll just do it myself if I have to. But I, was, I opened my mouth, and before I even knew what I was saying, I said, Stratford Heights will commit $2,000. And you see, the cost. The cost for the, the work that needs to be done, if you put it together in all the areas plus the cabins, we're, we're wanting to adopt a cabin, it's $2,000 per cabin. There are 12 cabins. And so I'm looking at, I said, well, Stratford Heights, we'll, we'll do one cabin. We'll, we'll take $2,000. I'll commit $2,000. Other churches, other guys were like, well, we'll do part of one, or we'll do this, or maybe we can come together with a couple of churches. And I was like, yeah, that's good, but oh, I just opened my mouth, and it just came out. We're going to do one whole cabin. And I prayed about it. I've been praying about it. I, I approached the first service this morning, and I said, I just, we give to missions every Sunday morning, both services. You know that. We give in this service all the loose offering that you give in every service. We don't ask you to give and teach you to give if the church doesn't practice what we preach. We give all the monies that come in in both services. We live off of the Sunday night offering. We literally give all that to missions. Now, I don't say that except to say God has always taken care of us because we put missions first as a church. And so when you do that in your life, you're blessed. When the church does that, the church is blessed. We don't keep a dime of it. All of it goes to world missions. Well, I had it laid on my heart this morning that this offering this morning would be another missionary offering, except it would be to missions to our kids. Is that okay? So I want you to dig a little deeper this morning, and I want us to, to adopt a cabin, because here's the deal. I, I shared my heart with the first service, and Judy sent word out to Richard, and they said, stop, Pastor, before he gets up there. And Richard said, Pastor, we already got well over 2,000 in the first service. I said, what? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. I was like, yes. And he was like, so you're, we're done. You, you can just go ahead. And, and I said, no, we'll go for two cabins. We'll do two cabins. 
We'll just keep doing it. We'll go up there and we'll just surprise them. We'll do whatever we can. I feel the Lord is in this. I want to bless kids' ministry in Ohio. I want to touch the missions project for the Church of God in Ohio. I want us to have a good Sunday where I can call and tell them we love ministry to young people in Ohio. Amen. Praise God. So, Father, we're giving to you today. We've come prepared to pay our tithe. We've come prepared to give in, in our committed giving through the building programs and different things that we're doing. But, Lord, we're coming to bring an offering to you. And the offering this morning is to our babies, to our kids. It's to our young people. Lord, we're asking you to use us today to send a blessing and a message to Ohio Church of God Youth Camp that we love you, we support you, and not only will we be there, but we will stand behind you and help support you. So Lord, we give today, and we give knowing that you bless those who bless others. Lord, we don't know what kids will be saved this year, but we'll have a part in it. And Lord, we'll just keep working together as we build the kingdom of God. As we do it abroad, we love missions. And we'll continue, Lord, to bless our missionaries around the world. But, Lord, we will also bless those who are doing missions right here in Ohio. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said a resounding amen. Amen. Thank you this morning. Is why I give you praise. All you've done, how you gave your son to save. Lord, come down, send down your glory. Send down.
this place. Heal this place, Lord. Many times I've questioned certain circumstances and things I could not understand. And many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision. That's when my frustration gets so out of hand. Oh, but then I am reminded that I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand one test alone then I look back at all my victories the spirit rises up in me and it's through the fire my weakness is made strong yes he never promised frustration gets so out of hand oh but then I am reminded that I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand one test alone as I look back at all my victories the spirit rises up in me it's through the fire my weaknesses made strong yes he never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb oh, no. he never offered a victory without fighting but he said it would always come standing in the valley of decision 
she said, pray for me. The enemy's got an ocular migraine. I've had one of those. How many have had one? She got one immediately, right before she was supposed to say. You know what I believe? The enemy loves to do things that try to discourage and stress us out. So we can't do it. And I love when she got to that part where it said sometimes things, circumstances blur our vision. I felt the power of God. I felt the Lord in the name of Jesus. The enemy will try. He will try to weaken you. He will try to discourage you. He'll try to tell you there ain't no use in going on. But she's going to grab that microphone. And she's going to sing it again. And she's going to sing it now because God is here touching her in her hour. He's going to touch you in yours. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing that for us. Many times I've questioned circumstances right. and things I could not understand and many times in trials weakness blurred my vision that's when my frustration gets so out of hand oh but then I am reminded that I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand one test alone. Oh, as I look back at all my victories, the spirit rises up in me, and it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb oh no he never promised a victory without fighting but he said help would always come in time so just remember when we're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary, he said, give in. Just hold on. Our Lord will show up. Yes, and he will take you through the fire again. Oh, just remember in myself, I would surely perish. But if I trust the hand of God, I know he'll shield the flame again, again. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, but the hill would not be hard to climb. And he never offered a victory without fighting, but he said help would all. Right on time. Oh, so just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says, Hear me, just hold. 
I'm going to take her through the fire. Let her sing it again. And in the middle of all that, you saw the thumbs go up. The Lord is good for his word. Amen. God, sometimes he doesn't take us out and away from it. You know this. You've heard that sermon. Sometimes he don't take us out and away from it. Sometimes we got to go through the fire. Sometimes we got to go through the hardship. But he promises us. The promises of God are sure and amen that he is going to always come through and bring deliverance to his children. David said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and he, what? Delivered me. He delivered me. Lift your hands and honor the presence of God here today. Holy Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, on this Lord's Day that we've come together in your house. The day we've come to worship you. The day we've come to praise you. We thank you, Lord. Pray your blessings now upon your precious word. We thank you, God, you're a God of your word. We thank you that you are a God of your promise. And Lord, we've come today and we choose life. In Jesus' name. Remain standing, if you would, for the reading of God's Word. Turn in your Bibles quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. I want you to help me. Uh, you, you probably can't see them from where you are, but I want, to make, I want to welcome to our church today an evangelist in the Hispanic world, Brother Gary Lee and his wife Claudia, and their children are all here. Wave, wave at us. They're on the front row right here. These are precious, wonderful people I've known for many years and uh, introduced through Pastor Brian. And I, I love you. I, I love what I feel when I'm with you. Had prayer the other night. The Lord gave me a direct word in praying for you. And I just, I'm so thankful that you're here with us today. I especially, am I allowed to say what, what you told me? He asked me the other evening. He felt led to do this. And I felt the confirmation. He said, will you be my pastor? And can this be my church? I think we'll go ahead and adopt you right now. We love that. <laughs> love you. God bless you, brother. He's always been so kind and so good. And man, 
was at the Esperanza service the other evening, and wow, the Spirit of God was here in a wonderful way. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. The Spirit of God. For my hand is upon you, my spirit is with you. Look under the heavens and know that I will strengthen you, says the Lord. Walk in my ways and understand and know my peace, my presence, my joy, my love. I am here today. If you will but look unto me, I will take care of my people. Look to the heavens now and trust in your God. For I am a God of my word and my word will not be denied. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit's here with us today. I want to talk to you for a few minutes, and I feel that it's all right. To let you know that God wants you and I to choose life. Not just when you get saved. A lot of folks confuse that scripture and act like that was being written to the world, the sinners in the world. But how many of you know it was being written to the believers? It was being written to the believers. God wants us to choose life. And you have to do that every day, don't you, Elaine? You got to do it every day. When Jesus told his disciples how to pray, he said, every day when you pray, when you pray, pray this way. He got all the way down. He says, and give us this day our daily bread. God wants us to trust him every single day, choosing life. Let, let's see what God says. And quickly, I'm gonna, I have 19 minutes and 26 seconds to do 17 pages. <laughs> uh, we'll be here till 5 o'clock. All right. See. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now let's go back and look at that. First of all, see, look. God wants you to pay attention. I have set, that word is nathan. It means placed, secured, delivered, granted. I've granted you, delivered to you, I've set before you today life, which is strength, refreshing, and all you need. And good. That Greek word means beautiful, better, great favor and blessing. God says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you will surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over from the Jordan to go in and possess. 
Verse 19, I want to call your attention to this scripture. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. God is giving a directive. God is telling you how to answer the question. He's making a declaration and a statement to you, and he's telling you what to do. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? Amen. You can be seated. Choose life. I received a confirmation of this message yesterday in a text message from my nephew. We were going back and forth, and I was kind of pouring into him and, and, and writing some things to him about the Lord and challenging him in his spirit. And finally, we got down to the end of it, and he said, Thanks, Unc. That's what he calls me. Thanks, Unc. I want to choose life and happiness, whatever and whoever that will be with. I said to myself as I wrote him back, I said, half the battle has just been won. Because you've made up your mind. You have made a decision. You will not be detoured. Half the battle is the enemy trying to get you to vacillate back and forth and trying to get you to stay in this valley of discouragement. The valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping. He wants you to stay in this place where you just know you don't make up your mind to do anything. God you know, tries to deliver you. He wants to set you free. And, and here you are in this valley. God's looking at us and he's saying, Look, just make up your mind. I've set before you life and blessing and death and cursing. God says, choose me, choose life. Choose life. The pioneers of our faith, the examples we hold in our word, they went through persecution and assaults. They went through trials and tribulations. They went all through kinds of afflictions and they had all kinds of different kind of persecutions and even death. Yet, like Paul, we find at the end of his life, he says those beautiful words which I try to pray over and over in my own spirit, and, and I challenge you to do the same. He called Timothy to his side, and he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. At the end of it all, God wants you and I to choose life. Never going to give up. Never going to quit. Never going to throw in the towel. Never going to get so discouraged that we give in. The adversary comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Jesus said the thief comes to kill and to steal and destroy. But he says, I have come to give you life. Choose life. Choose life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. 
Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility. How many of you know you're going to suffer hostility? You're going to suffer fire. You're going to suffer persecution, affliction. If you're doing anything for God, you're going to fight. I'm blown away by all these people tiptoeing through the tulips with their relationship with God. I don't know about you. I've had to fight every day since I got saved. I've had to get up every day and put my armor on. I had to take that sword off the wall. Many times in my spiritual walk with God, and I've had to fight the enemy. He's always there. He's so merciful. And that is a sarcastic remark. Somebody's going to walk out of here and say, the pastor said the devil is merciful. He's always so willing to pick you up no matter how many times you pray through. He don't care how many times you go to the altar. He don't care how many times you claim the victory. How many times you run through a troop, leap over a wall. He don't care how many times you fight and win a battle. He is going to always be there ready. I mean, he never says, well, I mean, no, I'm sorry. You have prayed through one too many times. I'm done with you. I mean, it's over. No, demons, leave them alone. <laughs> they have spurned their day of terror. He doesn't do that. He's always going to be ready. But what you and I need to understand and know is how much more is God's grace, love, and mercy going to be there for his children? We think it's so difficult and so hard that God is so, so hard to please and he's up there on the throne ready to whack us at the moment we think a wrong thought. Let me tell you, the blood is powerful enough to forgive you of every sin you've ever done or accomplished against you. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that God has a plan for us. It's important what we choose. It's important how we decide we're going to walk. Everybody's got a path in front of you. Everybody has a cross. You're at a crossroads in your life at one time or another where you've got to choose life. God gives you the freedom. You can live your whole life and you can go the wrong way. Many have. Many who served God, have come to the crossroads and chose the wrong path. Many, just because somebody claims to have some gift on their life, or they've been in the ministry for 155 years, don't mean nothing. You don't follow people like that. You follow the Spirit of God and where people fall in line with that move and that spirit. That's what you do. You follow those that follow Christ. And in that process, we understand and know every day we're challenged to keep walking and to keep moving in the Spirit of God. And don't let nobody judge you. Amen. Don't let nobody judge you. I say it again. Don't let nobody judge you. I'm so tired of that in the body of Christ. Tired of it. Had it with that. I get to tell you that because I'm the pastor. Tired of that stuff. Don't come to me with your arguments to judge a brother or a sister. 
I trust in the Lord and the mercy and the grace of God. Right about the time you want to gossip for three hours about somebody, they've already been over here on their face repenting to God, and they stand better in God's presence than you do. Go. Be careful. Be careful. Follow after God. God's got a law in motion. What, here, here's his law. What you sow is what you reap. What you sow is what you reap. Sweetheart, you, you sow in discord. You, you sow in strife. You sow in arguments. That's what you're going to get in your life. You're going to always live in turmoil. You're always going to live in a battle. Always going to live in a war. There's a law at work in us. And God says, I've set before you life and death. I've set before you cursing and blessing. Choose life. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. I mean, God's looking at us today, and he's like, are you serious? I gave you the questionnaire. I gave you the test, and then I gave you the answer. He expects all of us to get 100%, to get an A+. He says, hello, humans. Here we go. I've set before you life, blessing, death, cursing. Choose life. It's so many times we get caught up in the entrapments of the enemy. When the devil came sneaking in the garden and he looked at Eve as she was glancing over at that pretty tree with the pretty fruit. And he tempts her with it. Doesn't it look good? Don't you want, that's good. That's blessing. That's some good stuff. See, the enemy will try to mess you up because he will try to get you to see something that's really death and think it's life. He'll, he'll show you something that's a curse and he'll disguise it as a blessing. That's why you and I got to be so careful and we have to be in this word. Because the Bible says that even in the end time, the very elect could be deceived. And I've said this many times, but somebody's new here today, and they need to hear it again. We've got to be careful with deception, because deception means you don't know what you should know, and you're deceived. You don't know it. If you don't know it, then that, I mean, nobody walks around saying, yeah, but I've been really fighting deception today. <laughs> Wow, I really need the Lord to help me. Boy, that old devil, he's really been, he's been trying to deceive me all day. Deception, if when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You actually walk around praising God. Oh, I, I just, the Lord is so good today. You know, I hate you. <laughs> well, the Lord's in my hate. It just means I'm supposed to pray for you. I mean, we get deceived. That's a silly illustration. It isn't even in my notes. I made it up, and it's really bad, so I'm going to check that one out. It was a good one. It was okay. We talk a lot about the plans that God has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. But listen closely. Every person in the house of God chooses the desk, you choose your inheritance. 
Somebody says, oh, no, 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 Pastor. I bought that plaque in Gatlinburg. It's hanging on my wall but the fireplace. And, and it says, for I know the plans that I have for you. The Lord has plans for me. He does. But you've got to choose them. You've got to choose. Genesis 8 and 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. We are meant for more. We're meant for blessing. We're meant for a future. We're meant for hope. We're meant for healing. We're meant for all the promises of God. For they are all yes and in Him. Amen. To the glory of God. But we have to choose. You have to choose life. And God's standing in the cheering section. He's from this throne looking down on all of us. And He's saying, choose life. Don't follow the serpent. Don't follow the adversary. Don't follow the lion. Don't follow the liar. Don't follow the deceiver. Don't follow the one that's tearing down. Follow the one that's building up for the kingdom of God. Follow after righteousness. Follow after promises. Follow after the blessings and the favor of God. The harvest is going to be exactly what you have planted in the ground. Choose life. Choose life. Jonah was a good example. God had a plan for Jonah. He wanted him to preach in Nineveh and there would be a massive revival. God had a beautiful plan. It would have worked out great if Jonah had only listened and followed God. And he started out okay. You say, oh, I don't remember that. How did he start out okay? Well, let me read the scripture to you. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3. But Jonah arose. Another version said, but Jonah did rise up. To flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. Found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it. To go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. Down into the ship. Down into the sides of the ship. Then he went down into the belly of a big fish. We know the rest of the story. Down, down, down he went. When he turned and walked the different opposite direction of what God had called him to do. But if you notice in that scripture that I read to you, it says, but Jonah rose up. Right there was where he was at his crossroads. That's where he should have made Sister Ruth the right decision. He should have rose up. God said, go to Nineveh. He should have turned and walked straight towards Nineveh. But instead, he rose up. There he is. Heaven's getting ready to cheer. Come on, Jonah. Follow the will of the Lord. Follow the voice of God. There's going to be a great revival. It's going to be a one that's massive, man. People are going to get saved. Those wicked people at Nineveh, they're going to turn around. It's going to be great. Jonah, what are you doing? Knees are no good. Can't do that. He went down. Perfect example of someone who had the opportunity to choose life. And he chose. Chose cursing. Chose death. It wasn't the life that God wanted. Now God worked in his life and we thank God. But he still had problems down the road. He didn't even like the revival when it finally came. Boy, when I get to heaven, Joe and I are going to sit down over some tea. I'm going to give that guy a little, you know, the happy pill or something. He, he needs to have a happy day or something. We have to choose life. 
We, have to, we can't see what God has done and consider it to be harsh and, and, and that, that, like God has given us some ultimatum that isn't fair. It's so fair. You know why it's fair? He's looking at us, and as I said, he, he's giving us the answer to the equation. He's saying, I've put in front of you freedom. Freedom. God has given you and I the choice. He's given us the free will. He's given us this ability to love him or hate him, to choose him or reject him, to go towards him or to go the opposite direction, to hold to the promises or throw them away. You can do whatever you want. God's not going to force you to walk gold. He's not going to force you to be in heaven with all the rest of us. He's not going to make you go. You don't go accidentally to a church service and accidentally pray a prayer and suddenly you get to heaven even though you didn't want it and God's going to say, well, sorry, I mean, you prayed the prayer, no, you're, you're free to choose. You could choose life, or you could choose death. And I think there's so much, so much for you and I to be concerned about, making sure we are right where we should be, that we don't have time to worry about everybody else. We don't have time for that. I ain't got time to stare at you. I ain't got time to, to sit and analyze whether or not you're godly or not, whether you're going to heaven or not. I don't have time to do that. I don't have, I don't have enough hours in my day. I'm only the pastor of the church. I don't have time in my day, Christian, to go around trying to sniff out who's holy and who's not. I'm not God's police. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm none of those. I, I don't have the right to walk in and try to be sniffing around, sitting at your house with binoculars, trying to figure out what's going on with you. I don't have time to do that. I got down this morning early, 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 before the sun rose up, and I got down on my face before God and started praying. I said, God, I quoted the prayer that Paul prayed when he said that I may know him. And I may know him in the fellowship of his sufferings and be conformed to his death that I may know you. And the moment I was praying that prayer, I felt the Holy Ghost fall down in my room. I picked over. I've got a beautiful gift that someone gave to me and I keep it right on my altar at home. And I took that old prayer shawl and I put it over my head and I began to praise God and the Spirit of the Lord filled my room. I felt the power of God right there in that moment. And I said, God, you know what? I, I didn't feel like a superhero. I didn't feel like I was something else. I was Superman or Batman all rolled up in one. I felt like I was broken and humble and pushed down. I felt like I was just surrendered in every way. When you get in the presence of God, it brings you to a broken place, not a place of, you, of judgment over others. I'm broken, and I'm broken this morning, and I'm praying over this service. I'm praying over you and your families. I'm praying over our church, and I'm praying, I'm saying, God, when we come in, we don't want it to be a show. We're not interested in a musical presentation or a good speaker to come up. We're interested in the power of the almighty God to fill the house where we are gathered. That's my prayer. That's my heart and my desire. I'm fighting the devil every single day and I'm looking and I'm doing my very best as pastor. We as pastors together are doing everything in our power and yes, we are fighting. We're getting up every day and there's a battle that's waging over your families and your lives and this church. But I'm, I have made a declaration, Lord, though the enemy comes in like a flood, I will, like a flint, set my face towards your prize, your presence, your holy secret place 
I won't be denied the life that he's promised me. I know I get all wound up. I try so hard. I make a decision every week. I'm going to come up here. Let us bow our heads. Let us worship the omnipotent. I had a professor in college. He would walk in and I would sit in class and we had, I went to a Christian university so he, everybody prayed in every class. It was kind of strange at first. I loved it, but when I went into Western civilization or biology, they would take prayer requests. I was like, whoa, this is great. But I had a, a teacher, he shall remain nameless. He would show, oh gracious father, king of the universe, we come to you, Lord, omnipotent one, asking for your grandest and glorious, and he just went on for 15 minutes. And I was always just like, dude, just be real. Because <laughs> God looks at us and he says, it's not so difficult. It's not so hard. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life so that you'll live long and your descendants, your family, your future will be long. I'll bless you with good things. I'll favor you. And then I'll order your steps. Then I'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Then I'll give you peace that the world can't understand. Choose life. Choose life. And I'll, I'll take care of you and guide you. I'll be there and promises after promise after promise will be. And he does it not because he's this hard, stern God who says, I have set before you life and good, death and evil. He says, you have the freedom to choose. Choose life. Because I love you. Because I love you. The very next verse after that ultimatum is keep my commandments. Love me. Honor me. Love me. Obey my voice so that I can bless you. Romans 5 and 6 says, For when we were still yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still dirty, rotten, filthy sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us. Loves us. So he says, choose me. When Elijah was standing up on top of Mount Carmel, they were fighting, and all the prophets of Baal, those paid protesters of Jezebel, were out there in the middle of the mess, and they're arguing back and forth about God. Up on Mount Carmel, there, there are altars. I don't know how many. I know there were two. There's one built to Baal, and that one was apparently a, a, a great one, a real nice one. And then there was a dilapidated old one over here that Elijah had to fix up a little bit in order for it to represent the God of Jehovah, the God of Israel. And they're all up there, and, 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 and Elijah is looking at the crowd, and they're going bantering back and forth. And Elijah looks at the crowd, and he says, 
How long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, then serve him. If Baal is your God, then go serve him. But what are you doing with all these altars? What are you doing living your life like this? He, he made it very clear. You see, they weren't wanting to abandon God, and that's the deception. A lot of folks say, well, you can have your God, and I'll have my God, and we'll all coexist together, and we'll all go to the National Prayer Breakfast. And we'll all sit on stage together, and you can pray to Allah. You can pray to, you know, Sun Young Moon, and I'll pray over here to God Jehovah. And, and we'll all just pray. Let's hold hands. Come on, God. Come on. Let's hold hands. We all just. Elijah looks and says, look, if, if, he's, not, if he's not God of all, he's not God at all. I mean. He says, you can't have your several gods. Well, what's up with this? He says, if God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, then you serve him. But stop with this middle-of-the-road junk. Stop with this stuff that makes no sense. Stop with all this gods everywhere kind of thing. And they're nervous, and they're, they're a wreck. And Elijah says, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? If God's God, serve him. And then it finally got down to the God of fire. The God that answers with fire, that'll be the God. And then you know the rest of the story. The fire came down when the God of Israel was brought. God always, every generation, if you found this to be true, every generation has to relearn the, the amazing commitment and covenant of God. And they have to learn that he's the only God. It's like every generation goes through this doubt and discouragement. And they all rush to this war and debate. I mean, we see it all through the word. Wasn't it Joshua who looked at the children of Israel and he said, Man, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day then whom you will serve. Whether the gods which were your fathers that they served were on the other side of the river or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me... As for me, me and my house will serve the Lord. He made up his mind. He had to choose. And you and I, we got to stop playing games. We got to start choosing God, the one omnipotent and holy God. Some folks like to plague with God. I won't even go. That's another whole message. Stop. Okay. How long? You can go limping between two opinions. If he's God, then serve him. We've got to be careful, church. Because why would anyone choose death? Why, no one would choose. If I took a vote right here, okay, you have death and life in front of you, cursing and blessing. How many choose blessing in life? Everybody's going to raise their hand. But we've got to understand the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming to deceive. And we have to make up our minds. We have to be decided today that we will not let the enemy deceive us. We will not let him tear us away from the faith. We will not, as he, as Paul encouraged Timothy, remember, hold fast to the teachings that you were given as a child. Remember your mother and your grandmother. Remember how it is. You know, I used to walk by. My mother would be praying, and I've shared with you so many times, and and. and and I know that, that sometimes you probably get a little tired of it, but I'm pastor and you're not, and so I get to talk about it. 
I'd walk by, my mother would be in the family room, and she'd be listening to the Downings or the Rambos on the radio or on the record player, and she'd be sitting on that couch, and she always kept a clear view towards the sky in the family room, and she'd sit there, and I'd walk into the, into the family room, and there'd be my mama, and she's got her hands up in the air. She's praying in the spirit, and she's worshiping. She'd jump up off that couch and shout a shoe heels off in that family room, and I'd walk in, I'd be like, oh, mom's having church. I can't watch Charlie's Angels now. <laughs> She'd be in the kitchen cooking. All of a sudden, you'd hear her say, Hallelujah! You'd hear her praising God. You'd hear her worshiping God. One spoon going up this way and another hand going this way. And she's in the kitchen. Man, I'm telling you, she lived the life in front of us. It was awesome to see her. I'd go by her bedroom at night and I'd sneak up and listen at the door just to see what she knew. Well, she's always praying for her kids. She'd start with all of them, and she'd, Lord, you touch Ray. And I'd be like, God raised him up to be a godly man. Let him be, and Lord, these things that, and I'd be like, what, what, what? She's a godly woman, godly woman. I'll never forget the time when my Aunt Pat was in a car wreck on Hope Road up in Trotwood. My mom was sitting at the house, and we were sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my mother rose up, started speaking in tongues. She said, I've got to go pray. And she went to her room. She shut the door, and the next thing I knew, I heard her in there wailing, crying, getting a hold of God. And it wasn't just some supernatural, some superficial kind of super religious, like, show she was putting on. She was locked up in her bedroom, and she was praying in the Holy Ghost, and I heard her. And the proof is always in the pudding, because right about halfway through her prayer, the phone rang. And then the phone, when it rang, my mom darted out of her bedroom, came flying into the kitchen. She picked up that phone, and she couldn't understand. Somebody was screaming on the other end. So she said, I can't understand you. I don't know what you're saying. And she hung up the phone. And when she did, she said, I don't know what's going on. She goes, but the Lord had me interceding in that room for something for somebody. About that time, the phone rang again. We, we, she went over the phone, and there was a paramedic on the other end of the phone. He said, are you Mary Phillips? She said, yes, I am. She said, your sister is sitting in the middle of an intersection. Her husband is dead. Her children have been in a crash. They are sitting on the side of the road. She wants her sister to get to her as fast as she can. We tore out of the car, got in the car, drove over there to the middle of the intersection. By the time we got there, my mama prayed in the Holy Ghost all the way there. She was praying power interceding power coming down god was using her as a vessel we get over there by the time we do my uncle dave is not dead he's sitting on the side of the road and patty is okay the two kids are okay and they go home the power of god was interceding oh that's choosing life that's choosing life when the power of the holy ghost is proof in the pudding. It's more than a show. It's more than a show. It's more than somebody putting on a good, putting on a good act. I'm talking when you're in the secret place and God shows openly what's happening in that moment. When my mama jumped up off that couch, scared me to death. I didn't know what was up with her. 
But I knew she started praying in the Spirit. She walked back to that room, and I heard her wailing in the Holy Ghost. And there were times all through my life when she'd do that. She would do it just every now and again in the middle of a store. She'd start praying. She'd say, I'm going out to the car. She'd go out to the car, and she'd start praying in the Holy Ghost. The power of the Lord at work in her life. Oh, don't you want to choose life? Don't you want that power working in your life? Aren't you tired with just a little bit? Aren't you tired of being half in and half out and serving to make people happy instead of serving to please the one who gave his life for you? Oh, hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Choose life. Choose life. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. Does that sink it in? Difficult is the way which leads to life. And the Bible says there are few, few, few that find it. You can go the easy path. You can go the easy way. Sometimes the easy way is to just give up and go with the crowd, go with everybody else. And in the church world, sometimes that means go with the latest fad. Go with the latest revival, the latest thing happening. I'm telling you, difficult, narrow is the path that leads to life. There are some good ministry out there. There's good people out there. There's some Holy Ghost filled people. But you and I have got to stay so close to the Lord that we, we know it. We know it. We know what God wants to do with us. My word has been placed before you. I ask you this day, honor and obey my voice. Hear what I say to you and know that I have the words of life. I will deliver you, says the Lord, but you must look to me. You cannot any longer consider your own paths in your own way. Look to me in obedience. Look to me in sacrifice. Trust and know that I will lead you, says the Lord, and I will lead you out and over into a land flowing with peace, love, joy, and promise. But you must look to me. No longer follow after the whims of this world, but trust and know that my word is sufficient. My power will take you through. Lean upon me today, says the Lord, and know that I am a God of my word. Lift your hands in honor him this morning. Our ministers are in the altar today. If you need special prayer, I want you to 
at this moment, I want you to feel free to get out from where you are. They want to anoint you and pray with you. If you're in, coming in response even to this message, you're free to come forward now for special prayer, for healing, for strength, any special needs you have. Thank you for coming now. But to everyone who's standing back, and first of all, to the Christians. We're just trying to build a kingdom here. That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to do our best to please God the best we know how in light of this word. The word of God is enough to get you all the way through. Choose life. Choose strength. Choose deliverance. Choose God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you have not made Jesus Christ your Savior. I want you to know this invitation, this church service, everything we've sang, everything we've done, it all comes back to you right here, right now. Would you accept him into your life today? This God of promise, this God of truth, this God who is of his word. If you're here and you need Christ, would you just slip up your hand? And right back down. We're going to pray with you today. Is there anyone at all? Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I want to accept him into my heart. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? I want to serve Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. God bless you, sir. These that have lifted their hands, we're going to come together. I want, if you would, everyone who will, I want you to step out from where you are and just meet me in this altar for our prayer today. I know we've went a little long. I want you, if you will, to just please. Those who will, step out and meet me in the altar as quickly as you can. If you lifted your hand today to accept Christ, I want you to step out and meet us in the altar as well. Thank you, Lord. As you're coming, come in close, if you will, so people can come into the altar. pray two prayers the first prayer is for the body of Christ I want God to move in us in a way that is unprecedented in our history we are 102 years old this year I want God to move on us in alignment with the original church over 2,000 years ago I want him to touch us challenge us move us into a deeper more beautiful place with him than we've ever been how many would say, I want that too? That's, I choose that. I choose that. We're asking God to touch us as a congregation and as a church. And then we're going to pray the prayer to receive Jesus for these that have lifted their hands. So let's pray the first prayer. Would you just lightly place a hand on someone's shoulder right beside you? Father, we come to you right now. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, our hearts cry and desire is to love you 
like the woman who brought that alabaster box into where you were, Lord. We're looking past all the distractions and all the people. And Lord, we're looking to you, our Savior. We're wanting to love you. We're wanting to find you in that secret place. We're wanting to find you in that intimate place, Lord, where we are alone with you and our spirits are refreshed and revived. Lord, we're desiring that intimate, beautiful relationship with you. Lord, we choose you. We choose life. We choose blessing. We choose favor. We choose, Lord, to know you in all that there is to know about you. God, we desire that today. I pray that you touch every man, woman, boy and girl, that our hearts desire the hunger and the thirst after you could not be quenched by the things of this world. But Lord, we would pay attention and that we would go after, pursue after your presence in our hearts and lives. Your empowerment, God, for the service we want to give you as we obey your word and we love you together. We honor you and we thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you will, would you pray this prayer with me? We're going to take two folks to the throne room of God, escorting them into the presence of God with a prayer that is not magic. It's not the words that will save us. It is the intention of our heart. The Bible says, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths that He is the Son of God, that He's the risen Savior, that He is our awesome Redeemer, then the Bible says we're saved. If you will, I want all of us to escort these two gentlemen into the presence of God today. If you raised your hand to be saved or you didn't, maybe you're someone standing back, you're welcome to join us right now in this prayer. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You are the Son of God. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I believe it in my heart. I confess it with my mouth. According to your word and your sacrifice, I receive it today. Forgive me of my sins. And I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. While these continue to pray, amen. I want Richard to come. You got to make an announcement. Amen. If you prayed today, if you were just a part of our sinner's prayer, our discipleship pastor, Melissa Grawl, right here, she wants to meet with you just a second, give you some instruction, give you a couple of free gifts if you've made a decision for the Lord. Also, we want you to know that we need candy, lots and lots of candy. We're still looking for uh, several thousand pieces of individually wrapped candy for our outreach here in just a couple of weeks. And also, we want to remind you again about the meet and greet. If you are here for the first time today or you're new in the last couple of weeks, we're going to have a meet and greet with our staff right across the lobby into the hallway there into our conference room. And uh, we want you to be blessed. We thank God. We appreciate all that he's done for us. He's given us a life. Let's go and live. Choose life and live the life that he's given us. God bless you all.